Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome to WTIC's Pet Talk. Today, Lori Fast takes your pet behavior questions. This is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC, 1-800-966-WTIC, or star WTIC from your cell phone if you have AT&T Wireless. And now, Pet Talk. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Pet Talk. This is Lori Fass, and I'm here live in the studio today. And so you can call in if you'd like, if you have any questions relating to your pet's behavior. This is the show to do it. And as I often remind people, Pet Talk is unique uh, because it's an alternating show between myself and uh, Dr. Dennis, who, of course, takes the medical issues. And I don't know that there's any other show that's formatted like that. And sometimes people get confused and uh, think I'm her or she's me or whatever the case may be. Um, and people do call in with medical questions. And if I can give some other perspective or steer you in the right direction, and frankly, a lot of medical issues are going to come down to, you know, somebody has to look at it. Uh, and sometimes behavior issues are the same thing. I can answer a lot of things on the phone. And if I can, I'm very happy to. Uh, if I can do it on the air, I do it that way too. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, this week, I spoke to somebody on the phone about their dog, and uh, based on what I told them on the phone, they canceled their lesson because they no longer had a problem. So I guess from a business point of view, that's maybe not the best thing to do. But from the point of view of actually helping people, I'm, I really get a lot of joy out of helping people. And if I can do it, makes me happy, makes somebody else happy, that's great too. So sometimes, you know, you can make a few changes and uh, – 
that's the end of the problem. And sometimes people don't see what they need to do because they're maybe too caught up in it, a little close to the situation, or maybe they just, they just didn't think of it. So that's what I'm here to do is help you solve and negotiate whatever problems you might have uh, with your pet. And uh, sometimes people call in because they want to share a perspective or some information or something they learned. And I'm happy to talk to you on a subject like that, too. So if you do want to call in, uh, all the lines are open right now. And the number here is 860-522-WTIC. So it's 860-522-WTIC. So one of the things that uh, I wanted to talk about as a topic for today is um, the topic of, well, I'm going to call it shock collars, all right? Um, there was an article that was recently called to my attention where uh, New York State was considering the possibility of banning them, and uh, included in the article was, um, I don't know, some kind of survey or they're taking asking people questions and they were asking people if they thought that working with shock collars was a good or bad idea. And a lot of the people that were responding to this survey were saying, no, that sounds terrible. I don't think that's a good idea at all. And I highly doubt that the people that they were asking these questions to had there were any follow-up questions. So a follow-up question would be, um, have you ever worked with one before? Uh, do you know anyone who's ever worked with one before? Are you aware of what features they have? Do you know how adjustable they are? Do you know that uh, you can? there's a tone, there's a vibrate, the static charge, which you know, people that are kind of propagandizing against it that call shock is on the lower levels. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, you could probably put one of those collars on me and keep hitting the lower levels and I wouldn't care at all. It reminds me a little bit of those TENS machines that they use to uh, stimulate muscles. So, yeah, you turn it up, it gets more uncomfortable. But what a person or an animal's perception of that sensation is, is completely subjective. Um, I remember I had a plumber at my house and he was considering putting up uh, some kind of underwire, invisible fence type thing for his dog. And uh, he wanted to know what does that feel like. And so I happened to have a shock collar, which henceforth I'm going to refer to as an e-collar. Anyway, so I said, well, if you'd like to feel what it feels like, um, you know, I can put this on your arm and, you know, start out low and you can see what it feels like. So he was interested in doing that. So I put the collar on his arm and made sure I turned it on and pushed it on one. And he said he didn't feel it. So I pushed it on two. He said he didn't feel that one either. And we kept going up until we got it up to the highest level that it would go. And uh, I, was, I pushed it and I was holding my finger on the button for quite some time. He said he didn't feel that either. And so I thought to myself, well, hmm, I wonder if I forgot to turn this thing on. And so I took it and I felt it myself. And yeah, it was definitely on. And I said, are you sure you don't feel that? And so we tried it again. I don't know if he had some sort of 
you know, neuropathy in his arm or what was going on. Uh, but whatever the case may be, uh, he told me he did not feel it. And I said to him, well, you know, if uh, you were a dog and that is your perception of what the sensation is, then I guess that kind of system would not work for you at all. Um, so, you know, I have met dogs that um, feel this sensation and eh, they don't care. Uh, and, you know, if a dog is really fired up, I remember a little Jack Russell Terrier who liked to run the fence line barking and getting all crazy. And the um, family that owned him was trying to get him to stop using an e-collar. He could not care less. They had it cranked up to as high as it went, and he did not care at all, <laughs> okay, because he was much too interested in running the fence line. So, you know, does that mean that other dogs won't care? No, of course not. There are some dogs that on the very lowest levels feel it and don't like it. Um, some dogs, very sensitive dogs, uh, if you just use the tone feature, um, that is more than enough. Uh, if you're working with a dog who is deaf, the vibration feature is fantastic it, because one of the biggest challenges in training a dog who is deaf is getting their attention. And of course, if they can't hear you, um, that's a problem. Sometimes they can feel vibration if you bang something close enough to them on the ground. Uh, sometimes I'll even use like a little bean bag or a toy or something like that and kind of chuck it at them to get their attention. But that's not very practical in a lot of circumstances. So if you're using the vibration on an e-collar, that, that's a game changer for a dog like that. So I guess my point here is, and I have some other things to share on the topic, but uh, the point here is that if you ask someone who doesn't really understand how these things work, do you think it's a good idea to use a shock collar? Well, of course, most people are going to say it's not a good idea. It sounds awful. And if you don't know anything about it, then, you know, why should you think it's a good idea? Interestingly, uh, when I first started doing dog training, not a lot of people used crates. You would see dog crates at dog shows or people that did hunting or, you know, more people like that. But your average pet owner did not use a crate. You know, you wouldn't go to the pet store and see all sorts of crates. Uh, it just wasn't something that people did. And um, I have to say that I thought they looked weird. I thought, they. why do I want to put my dog in a cage? If you went around now and asked, did a survey and said to people, um, do you think it's a good idea to put dogs in cages? Uh, probably most people would say, think about what you're asking and say, no, that doesn't sound very nice. That doesn't sound very good. Maybe even some of the same people who might think a crate is okay. But if you're saying, do you want to put your dog in a cage? Well, no, that doesn't sound very good. And honestly, you know, over time I realized, well, there's some very useful, helpful purposes behind using crates if they're used fairly. Um, some people misuse crates. People can misuse anything, let's face it. But, you know, if you're not using it excessively, if it's the correct size, if um, you understand what time frame is okay for a dog to be in there, it can certainly accelerate a lot of training. I worked with a little dog this past week who is about two and is not completely housebroken. And the dog is just 
pretty much allowed to do whatever she wants to do. And I suggested that as part of the training protocol, uh, they put the dog in a crate when they can't watch her, which isn't a lot because they're never gone that often, okay? So they were kind of appalled. So these are people that, you know, weren't used to the idea of this. And so in their mind, they were projecting this horrible, oh, my God, you know, going to put the dog in a cage. And so, you know, some dogs really have separation anxiety. If you put them someplace like that, they get upset. Some dogs are claustrophobic. That's not common, but some dogs are. And so, you know, I I put her in another room and uh, put her on a tie down so she couldn't move. And I wanted to see if that was going to upset her. And no, not, not at all. So it was just, again, the hesitancy to use it was something that they projected rather than the reality of the situation. And uh, I think that is the case with e-collars. And in my experience, I would say over all the years that I've been doing this, and I've been doing this for a while, Um, I can think of one person who was using it in an excessive way. And what I mean by that is they were using it on very high levels inappropriately. And what they had done is they had successfully trained their dog to not leave their yard, but they had also traumatized the dog regarding commands because uh, a, a negative sensation or even a neutral sensation does not teach a dog what you want them to do. So if you say sit and then all of a sudden they're feeling this weird zippy zoo feeling in their neck, that does not communicate sit. And then if you turn it up, it still does not communicate sit. It's like if I'm trying to show you something and teach you something and you don't get what I'm saying, but now I'm yelling. I still think you're not going to get what I'm saying. (laughs) So it kind of is like that. But that was one person that I met that did that. And I'm not saying that there aren't other people that do that kind of thing. um, But just in my travels, the people that I run across, it's not common. What is common is people that are using it horribly in terms of timing. They're beeping, they're buzzing, they're uh, using the static, they're, but it's all out of sync. The dog's understanding of what is expected is all over the place. And so I see a lot of people who are using these collars and their dogs are not listening to them. And then they're pushing various buttons. Their dog's still not listening to them. And I remember a conversation I had with somebody who, uh, I think they had a Wheaton Terrier mix and they were telling me how they were having trouble using the collar. And I asked them on the phone, well, describe to me what you're doing. And it was really clear to me that the sequence of how they were buzzing, beeping, zapping, whatever, was totally not good. And what was making them falsely believe that what they were doing was correct is it worked sometimes, okay? Just because something works sometimes does not mean it's a good idea. So I tried to explain on the phone why what they were doing was totally off. And the funny thing was, is that uh, the reaction I got from the person describing, I think they got mad at me, to be honest with you, uh, because I was saying what you're doing is not correct. Your timing's all off. You're confusing your dog. And if you present it in a different way, um, it would work. And I, you know, sort of explained it. But in reality, if somebody, you know, it gets, it gets complicated. If, if you're trying to use a collar like that to get your dog to come reliably or listen to commands, then you have to know what you're doing. If you want to use it, uh, okay, don't stick your head in the garbage can. Um, that's pretty no-brainer-ish, okay? But um, I think we need to go to a break, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about it when we get back. 
Hello, and welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk. You're listening to the Behavior Edition with Lori Fass, and you can call into the show and talk to me, ask me a question, make a comment, any of the above. If you want to do that, the numbers are 860-522-WTIC. So 860-522-WTIC. And I always throw the information of contacting me off the air, which you can do by checking my website, which is lorifassdogtraining.com, and it has my email and my phone number. So you can't get to the phone right now, or you think of a question after the show is over, or maybe you don't want to be on the air. I don't know. (laughs) Any of those, you can contact me uh, through my website, lorifastdogtraining.com, or call the show, 860-522-WTIC. So before the break, I was talking about people's perceptions about shock collars. And I don't even really like to call them that. If I'm calling a collar like that a shock collar, I might as well call the gentle leader, which is something that goes on a dog's nose and kind of steers their nose around. Why don't I call that the nose abrading neck twister? Because very often they do abrade dogs' noses and they do kind of twist the dog's neck. So if I said to somebody, hey, you know, you want to use the neck twister collar? Um, Probably people would say, oh, that doesn't sound very good. You want to use the nose abrading collar? Well, no, I don't want to use the nose abrading collar. That's ridiculous. And I'm not saying these collars are bad. I'm saying sometimes it does abrade the dog's nose and it does kind of twist their neck around. So once again, any equipment that you use has to be used effectively and fairly and you have to educate yourself. Uh, Some equipment works a little bit more easily than other pieces of equipment and you, you know, it's not as complicated on how you're using it. But, uh, you know, any training requires a little bit of thoughtfulness. So before the break, I was saying that, um, Using an e-collar to stop behaviors is fairly straightforward. Um, If I don't want my dog to jump on the counter, get their head in the garbage, as long as I'm watching him do it. Of course, I could always have a little surveillance set up. (laughs) Basically, I push a button at a level that my dog finds unpleasant. And over time, if they do that behavior, they're just going to stop. Because if they're feeling that, they are going to stop and then it becomes pretty, you know, pretty obvious that the dog gets, okay, I shouldn't do that. Um, now, do people mess that up? Well, yeah, people mess that up. I mean, when I work with people, one of the things that uh, often comes up just with whatever technique I'm using, because, I mean, I don't go to e-collars as my go-to method, but there are many instances where they are, again, really game changers. But people's timing is terrible. People are saying, good job, and their dog is absolutely doing something awful, okay? Or they're supposed to be saying no and correcting their dog, and the dog is not doing anything wrong, and they're doing this. So if you have a button 
well, you know, it makes timing easier. But if your perception of when you should do these things is that awful, you really need to think about that. You can't be just randomly pushing buttons. So do people mess that up too? Oh, yeah, they definitely mess that up too. But I remember um, years ago, um, a woman had a baby. It was not quite even a toddler. It was still drinking from a bottle. And she'd be sitting on the couch feeding her baby. And she had adopted um, a Labrador as the dog was about a year old. And the dog was a very nice dog, but very big and very strong and used to like to jump on the counter. And it was tall enough that pretty much you'd have to have nothing on the counter if you wanted this dog not to get something off the counter because he could just hop up and pretty much reach all the way across the counter. And so when she was sitting on the couch feeding her baby – Her dog was basically cleaning off the counter, and if she were going to try to uh, do something else to correct the dog, it would have been very awkward because she was holding the baby. So in that particular instance, I said, why don't we try an e-collar? And so the dog, if the dog is wearing the collar, you're wearing the transmitter. And so dog's jumping on the counter, you can continue to feed your baby, and you can push the appropriate button. And that worked beautifully. And it was, the dog wasn't abused or scared or, you know, shut down because we told him he couldn't jump on the counter. He, he just, oh, okay, not a good idea. We'll get off the counter. And if you think about it, um, like I said, underwire systems, invisible fence, all of that, those are e-collars. They're just not set off by people. They're set off by um, automatically if the dog gets into whatever the proximity is that the field is set, uh, which in some ways is better because then we don't have this horrible timing issue. But if you really know what you're doing, if you're in charge of when you're pushing the button and how hard and when and so on, uh, I think you're better off. It's just that not everybody possesses the skills to, to do that correctly. Um, another example of where this collar came in super handy is uh, somebody I know who um, adopted – I'm going to say he was a, an abused Siberian Husky. And he put this guy put a lot of training time in with his dog, including using the e-collar to get a reliable come command. And this dog is able to go to the beach, the woods, all kinds of outings. Uh, and this dog is having a great time and he has a lot of freedom that if he was not trained to that collar, he would not be able to have that because uh, especially being a Siberian Husky, would not be reliable, sort of typical of the breed. But uh, it was a really, really game changer for him to be able to train him to that device. So anyway, I see we have somebody calling in, but we also have to go to a break. So we're going to go to a break. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And we'll be right back. If you don't know how to do it, I'll show you how to walk the dog. Hello, and welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk. You're listening to Lori Fass on this behavior edition of the show. And I'm here until about 2 o'clock. If you'd like to call in, you're certainly welcome to at 860-522-WTIC. Or if you want to talk to me but not on the air, uh, check out my website, LoriFassDogTraining.com, and you can call me or send me an email, and I'd be happy to talk to you that way too. And we have a caller, so let's see if we can connect up here. Oh, uh, hi. Hi, how are you? Joe? Yes. Okay, this is Lori. Two things. Should we talk about you, caller? Yeah. Okay, can you talk a little bit louder? Uh, is this better? Uh, go ahead, talk, and we'll find out. Um, you're talking about e-collars. Yes. A few things. If a person really doesn't want to use one, and they need a remote, they could get a spray collar. You mean well, uh, citronella? Yeah. The problem with that is if it's freezing outside, it's going to freeze. <laughs> well, I mean, the citronella collar would be good for some things and not other things. Uh, generally, thinking, I think of the citronella collar as being like an adversive, like don't do this or don't do that. Um, and so the regular e-collar, if you know what you're doing, can be used not just to stop things, but also to get your dog to do things. So it's a lot more versatile. I know uh, some people have an aversion to use it. Well, I know some people have aversion just, to all I'm kinds of things. Out, I'm, just throw, I'm just throwing this out. There. Yeah, well, I mean that's always an option. I, I mean, someone after a two thousand dollar vet bill from her dog eating poo, she didn't want to use knee power. This the uh, spray collar works. Oh, okay, all right. Another so, so basically, too, if her just, dog was eating poo, she pushed that button that. and he didn't want to use it, but she got it, and you know it worked. Oh, okay. Another two other things too. If you're going to use an e collar, don't buy a cheap one. You don't want a thing not working. Yeah, well, that's stuff. certainly true. And another thing, too, don't try to break up a dog fight with an e-collar. No, that's probably, they're not going to care at that point. <laughs> that's what I mean. You're yeah. only going to make a dog fight. Out right, hard. no. And once a dog gets to a certain point, and, no. It's yeah, and really hard. learn how to use it. Yeah, well, that's that's really the bottom line for a lot of things, isn't it? 
Learn what you're doing. That's the that's definitely true, but often easier said than done. And, uh, you know, it's work. If you don't know how to do something and you have to learn something new, it is awkward. It is uncomfortable. We don't learn a lot of new things as adults. Most of the things we do, we already have mastered. So when you're learning something that's completely foreign, uh, people struggle with that. Yeah, I know, but some people are thinking, look, I'm not against e-collars. But some people think I'm just going to buy an e-collar, put them on, and then my problems are solved. Oh, yeah. Well, they think I, that's why I use the example of, uh, you know, people putting a collar on and thinking they have, like, some remote control toy or a drone or something. And then they push this button, the dog goes left. They push that button, the dog goes right. Uh, no, it doesn't work that way. So and Basically, you know, the dog has to know what he shouldn't be doing. Yeah, well, I find people that have done a lot of training and then transition to an e-collar goes the most smoothly because the dog already understands a lot, and so the transition isn't as tough. Um, and then I've had people who don't do training and somehow think this collar is magically going to, you know, transmit something. Um, I don't know. And, and it's just not working at all, not to mention the fact that, that they're using it inappropriately and they're not putting the work in. There is no substitute for putting work in, and I don't care what kind of training tool you're using. And a good e-collar is going to cost you about $175. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you can get no, deals I'm not, I'm like one, 150 maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, no, you're not going to get one for 70 or 50 But I, I'll, I'll tell thing and it's basically he's lucky the dog didn't get harmed but he tried to reprogram it by pushing in the button and the whole thing went haywire well you know i i will say this though that over the years um electronic devices of all kinds have improved a lot and uh, i've seen cheaper collars that work a lot better than they used to years ago however what i also find is that they are more prone to glitching and falling apart and just not working at all after a while. Well, my concern is we're getting stuck when you give the dog a correction. You mean it's that like the dog is getting a correction when you yeah, don't mean to? Stopped. No, no. They're trying to get a correction with this cheap collar, and the thing does not release. The, you know, it's still given correction. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I've, not, I've not experienced that, but it's possible. No, I'm just saying. It's like a parachute. <laughs> I'm not going to buy the cheapest parachute. No, you def- not a good idea. No. So, yeah, I mean, if you're going to use it, you want to certainly do something, use something good. You want to know what you're doing. You want to apply it appropriately. But, you know, I mean, you said the thing about some people won't use uh, an e-collar, but they use the citronella collar. You know, when I'm working with people, you know, sometimes people won't do what I'm suggesting. And in some cases, there are other choices. You know, if there's other choices, hey, you know, use another choice. Sometimes people don't want to do what I say. And like, for instance, I had uh, referenced this dog earlier that um, was having issues with housebreaking. And I recommended a crate. And I said, well, if you don't want to use a crate, you could use some other area of confinement. But you can't just let your dog run loose all day long when you're not there. You can't do it. So, you know, they're going to have to pick something, (laughs) you know what I mean? So all things have a purpose, and, you know, sometimes the choices are going to be more limited. um, But if you have a choice, yeah, exercise whatever choice. If you do it right, it's not forever. Yeah, it doesn't have to be forever. My dog was 18 months. He went out in the yard, and he came back in. His crate was gone and went downstairs because I could trust him then. Yeah. Well, I had a Labrador, and every time I took his crate away, he was looking for it, and he was really sad about it. 
<laughs> and so uh, he didn't need his crate, but he really liked it. So I said, okay, buddy, you can have your crate. So, there. I mean, some dogs don't care at all if they have a crate. Some dogs really like their crate. Some dogs don't particularly like it, but they'll accept it. And then rarely, but occasionally, I meet a dog who's literally claustrophobic, and they cannot do a crate. So we have to pick something else. So, you know, you no, got to figure it out. I just want to say, because, uh, you know, sometimes you say an e-collar, and uh, there was an incident by a beach, right? I says, you know, the dog was eating raw fish, bones and all. Uh-huh. And I says, you know, I think I already got sick a few times. He says, well, what do you suggest? And I said to E-Collar and Bay says, I don't let you shoot my dog. Well, so, see, there, that's, that's why I was using the analogy yeah, of, right, right. you know. Is, when, the dog, when the dog dies or gets away from eating the, 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 the fish and everything, from, you know, getting a punctured lung or whatever by swallowing Eating bones and all. Fins well, and so when they say electrocute their dog, you know, has this person ever put the e-collar on no, their own I mean, arm, you only, know? No, no, I agree. I would, They're just being nutty. They're just being nutty. Maybe I should, if I did it all over again, I would suggest when as soon as he went to that, we'll watch him look into a, into a spray collar. Yeah, maybe. Or a lot of times when people are very reluctant to do something, I'll say, well, let me show you what it feels like. Let's try it. If there's any problem at all, we'll stop immediately. You know, but, you know, you were meeting this person randomly. And it's hard enough for me when people are actually hiring me to do something to get them to listen. If you're giving a suggestion to some random guy. Oh, he did. Okay. What would you do? Let's face it, it's not safe eating fish bones and all. Right, yeah. And you know, you know, they're washed up ashore. Where they, they might have disease and everything. If yeah, well, so he doesn't, again, so he's I'm okay not, with poisoning his dog as long as he's not electrocuting him. <laughs> you know, I mean, no, the way I look at it, look, I rather, look, if you use properly, I rather say, you people, someone say, you're all, to me, you're a horrible person using the e-collar on your dog. Then other saying to me, the next time you see it, oh, your dog got hit in the car, I feel bad. Well, you know, if, if somebody were to actually feel what it feels like, then... No, I they, know. I've you done, know. I've done it on my neck, too. It's not bad. Well, I put it on my arm. I'm putting it on my... <laughs> no, <laughs> I guess I, I could I, put it on my neck, but I never felt the need for that. But no, I, 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 I test them out. The feel, you know... If I'm using a collar, I want to know, A, it's working properly, uh, different brands, uh, different levels feel a little different. So if I'm going to use a collar, I always test it on myself because I want to see what it's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, you know, I, I feel I can use it more effectively, not because I'm crazy and, you know, a masochist or something. And most people, when they feel them, are surprised. Oh, wow, okay, that's not what I thought it was going to feel like. But it's amazing how people have super strong opinions about things that they really don't know anything about. Oh, I know. I mean, trust me, we agree on this. I mean, it could save a dog's life. Fast reinforcement is great, but that's good to a point. The dog's charging again against, uh, I don't know, a squirrel and everything. You could go off from stake and everything. Well, that one of the things with the e-collar is, yes, you can use it for negative reinforcement on a correction level. But, as I said, you can also use it as a very neutral, just a signal that they can it kind of catches their attention. So on, on those lower levels, providing your dog understands what you're doing, it isn't even a correction. It's simply a signal. Even just a beeper. Well, no, you can use, I, I usually go with the static signal because I can adjust it and I want to be able to adjust it up or down. So if it is going to be a correction, it's going to be the static. If it's going to be just a signal, it's going to be lower. But the lower level signals are not corrections for, you know, 99% of dogs. It's just a feeling. It's like, oh, I feel something here. Not like, ah, I'm getting shocked. It does not do that. So, you know, 
no, it doesn't even properly, have to be buzzer use beep. Properly to save a dog's life. Yeah, yeah, it, absolutely, and it can do do a lot of things to enrich dogs' lives, and you know. Don't eat dead fish. Don't clear my counters where I'm going to have to take you for surgical interventions because you swallowed some god-awful thing. Um, and, you know, and there's uh, some other stories I'll share with people, too, before the show is done. I guess that's the topic for today. But, yeah, okay, well, I appreciate you calling, and um, I think that uh, we need to go to another break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Pet Talk on WTIC. You're listening to Lori Fass on this Behavior Edition. I'm here for about another 10 minutes. And so if you wanted to call in, you can definitely do it. And the numbers are 860-522-WTIC. Or if you want to talk to me off the air, just look at my website, loriefastdogtraining.com, and you can get my email and you can get my phone number, uh, and I'd be happy to talk to you off the air if for whatever reason you don't want to or can't get to the phone or think of a question later, that's all good. Anyway, today's topic was we were talking about shock collars, and I don't even really like to call them that anymore that I would call a crate a cage or a gentle leader the nose-cranking collar. Or, you know, It just it sounds awful, and if you don't know anything about it, then why would you think that it's anything other than awful? And... Um, we had Joe call in, and he suggested using one for um, for his uh, for some random guy whose dog was running around the beach eating dead fish. And the guy said he didn't want to use it because he didn't want to electrocute his dog. Well, you know what? I don't want to electrocute a dog either. <laughs> it's like, why do you think that it's going to do that? It's not going to electrocute a dog. Oh, look at here. We have um, RJ calling about his dog, who I was just talking about. Um, hi. Hi. I was. I heard you talking about Yeti. Yeah, that's right. Wanted... <laughs> well, now that you're friends with me on Facebook, I get to see. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I just lurk on Facebook. I don't even do anything on there. But I see all the pictures of him happily at the beach, and you know, in the park, and he looks, he looks so happy. Oh, he is amazing, but like. The one big advantage with the e-collar, he only used it for about um, a month. And once he got used to just paying attention to me and knowing, you know, what he was supposed to do, I took him, took it off of him, and he's been fine. I can call him off of things like rabbit or deer, you know, even deer when he chases them, he'll come back. And Okay, well, just be careful in, in this yeah. way. Um, whenever I do training with whatever... I always say that you want to have, um, let's say I'm drawing a, a graph, and we'll have a line that below that line is, well, forget it, unacceptable. 
above the line, right above the line is, okay, I have control over you, but it's, uh, you know, sometimes I have to say it twice, whatever. And then maybe above that line is you do everything exactly how I want you to first time every time. So I tell people to try to maintain training more up in that zone because dogs over time start to sometimes deteriorate or, you know, they have a bad day. So if he's doing everything exactly the way you want him to do it, okay. But if he looks like he might be slipping a little bit, you need to, you know, rework him. And that's not uncommon with any dog, particularly a Husky. But just keep right. that in mind, <laughs> okay? Yeah, no, and actually that's the thing. We work on it almost constantly. Um, that's the thing. He really enjoys it. And like you said, we do it. Even the one thing that really gets me is the people at the dog park that, you know, think that the dog doesn't have to listen when they're in a park or, you know, that he really, he knows, it's all the time, and he is excellent at it. But you know what makes the situation unusual, which, you know, I'm sorry to say this is the case. You yeah. put, you put, look at all the time you put into this. You know, I remember so, when I first met Yeti, remember he was uncomfortable with people, and you had to get him over that, and he, a lot of things were sketching him out, and you worked him through that. So, you know, you have to – the e-collar was part of the training program, but if you didn't put the time in to do it, nothing would be working for him. Right. I, I appreciate it. And your help was amazing to everybody that listens. Like I said, you are really good at what you do. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But you're one of those people that, you know, if I'm working with somebody and I and I really want to see progress and they just don't do it, it's so unsatisfying to me to see people who have animals and I know they could do better and I know that it's in their dog to do better, but they just won't do it. That That is like the worst part of what I do. And you are the best part of what I do, really, because, you know, you put the work in, you took Yeti from a dog, you know, you tell me he was outside eating animals yes that was he was at a breeding farm just tied outside and fend for himself but. yeah so i mean that's a that's a lot of that's a big change that's a huge change and yeah. it wasn't just because you sat around you know tossing him biscuits and letting him do anything he wanted all day long you you know you actually put the work in which is um yeah i wish more people would do that but uh you know it's just how far he came and how much potential he had that you did bring out in him and i think a lot of people think it's not possible you know, like you were saying, you're at the dog park and people think, well, you can't get your dog to listen here. Well, yeah, they're not going to listen there or anywhere else because you never trained him to listen there or anywhere else. So what do you expect? <laughs> so, okay, well, that's great. I'm glad you were listening to the show. But I always like to reference Yeti as one of the uh, dogs that I think did really well. And he and he's always looked so happy on his outings on top of mounds of dirt or snow or leaves or whatever it is he's doing. Yeah. But he, he has a great life and you know he's able to have all these freedoms because of all the training and you know one of the tools you put in that was was the e-collar so that's a good success yep. story for all of us so yay yeah. and, and i'm one of those people with the horrible timing too so well not that horrible you no, know but, not that um, horrible <laughs> i was going to say the one suggestion on the e-collar that really worked with him uh -huh. is having the beep go off before the shock uh -huh. and that way you don't even have to shock him all the time you know, they hear the beep, they know the shock is coming like two seconds later, so they'll stop, and as long as you let the button up, they never get shocked. Yeah. So... 
Well, you know, every awful. every dog is a little different, and how you're going to do that is going to vary. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why, you know, people have to really work this and get to know their dog. And I don't always know what's going to work best for a particular dog until I work with them. And sometimes what works well to begin with, you need to change over time. And so, you know, it's, it isn't that easy to do. It's something that you have to really work at and think through as you do it. So, yeah. Okay, well, that's great. I'm glad you called into the show, and it's funny you were listening to the show. Good thing I wasn't saying something bad about you. (laughs) No, no, I know. (laughs) Never about Yeti. He is great. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye now. Okay. So that was one of my students who I was just talking about, his dog, because, you know, we're talking about using e-collars today, and I just feel that people have such a terrible misunderstanding of how to use them correctly and what they can and cannot do, uh, what they're good for, what they're not good for. And, you know, even to the extent that um, this article that I had mentioned before that um, uh, it was, uh, I think New York State is suggesting or proposing a law to outlaw the collars, which, you know, I mean, that's just not a good idea. I mean, can they be misused? Well, yeah, they can be misused. So can dog crates. As a matter of fact, I would say from, you know, what I read of abuse cases, neglect cases, horrible things, dog crates are one of the most abused pieces of equipment um, because people put them in there, leave them in there, let them pee and poo in there. That's that's pretty gosh darn abusive. Um, is that the fault of the dog crate? No, that's the fault of the horrible person who doesn't know what they're doing or simply does not care. Um, and, uh, you know, e-collar, shot collar, whatever you want to call it, is merely a piece of equipment that when you educate yourself and you use it correctly, it can be great. Um, and so, you know, I was talking about Yeti and RJ called in to share, you know, his experiences. But I'm just going to run by two other stories that I think are, you know, great examples of how this worked beautifully. One was um, a woman who had a greyhound and she also had a job working at a golf course and she was allowed to bring her dog to work with her, which meant that her dog could run around on a golf course with her all day, which is, can you imagine how great, what great fun that is for a dog and a greyhound loves to run and all this open space? Well, yeah, they love to run and they can keep right on running if they see a rabbit or a squirrel or something like that. So this dog was a fantastic candidate for using the e-collar. And uh, again, she put the work in, she put the time in, the dog got it, and he was able to go to work with her every day, run all around, and get a good recall command, which I think enhanced everybody's life. I don't know what she would have done if she did not have that, uh, that skill and that ability to do that. I don't know what this dog's life would have been like. He would have been much more confined. It certainly wouldn't have been as much fun. And I, I, I credit that to her learning how to use an e-collar correctly. Another situation, somebody had a golden retriever, lives on property with uh, two ponds and, you know, Golden Retrievers like to swim. <laughs> so if a dog is jumping into a pond and you need to get him out of there, it's a little tricky. And especially if you're using a long line, you might all get wet. And so we were able to accelerate that whole program 
by using an e-collar. Once again, this dog had all the freedom in the world, was able to go swimming, was able to be called out of the water, but it was because we were using that piece of equipment. If we weren't, it would have been very difficult to achieve the same goal. Um, I also worked with somebody that had a very large Airedale, and she was in her 80s. <laughs> and she, boy, did she put the work in. And one of the pieces of equipment we used was an e-collar. And she did a fantastic job. The dog did great. And the end result was fantastic. So, you know, I want people to kind of keep an open mind and think about this a little bit. And that's really what I was hoping to accomplish by sharing all of that with you today. So that just about wraps it up for today's show. And I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.